Welcome to Monday Morning Murder in the News with Alyssa Carroll. Good morning, heathens, and happy Murder in the News Monday. If there are any sounds in the background, it's because I'm chilling in my living room rather than recording in the closet of shame because I'm the only one home and I didn't want to stuff myself in that little room. And you guys know why we're gathered here today, because we're sick and tired of the regular news. It's just hot, scary garbage. And we're going to talk about fucked up shit that we have found in the news. Now, listen, guys, I have to say I'm a pretty proud mama when it comes to you guys. You know why? Because every single article that I have for you today was sent to me by you guys. When I said, hey, if you find anything, send it to me. Y'all stepped it up this week, so I really, really appreciate that. Lots of positive feedback from you guys as well. I'm just, you guys make me proud. You make me proud. So let's get into it. So our first article comes from NECN.com from Rhode Island. Shout out to my homies in Rhode Island. The title reads, Woman Shot, Killed, Near Her Work in Pawtucket, Man Facing Domestic Murder Charge. Jocelyn DeCautos, DeCautos, loved ones, say she was a mother of two and owned a hair braiding salon in Pawtucket. Michael Fernandez is facing several charges in the 33-year-old's shooting death. So a 33-year-old woman was shot to death in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, on Friday night in what is believed to be a domestic incident and a man is facing several charges. Pawtucket Police tells NBC10 Boston affiliate WJAR that 34-year-old Michael J. Fernandez of Pawtucket has been charged in the fatal shooting of Jocelyn A. Ducodu, I'm probably mispronouncing that, of Central Falls. Officers were called to 430 Central Avenue shortly after 8 p.m. Friday for reports of gunshots and found a woman who had been shot several times. The victim, later identified as Jocelyn, was pronounced dead on scene. A WJAR photographer saw at least four bullet casings on the ground outside of the beauty salon located at 440 Central Avenue. Officials told WJAR that the victim was possibly leaving work at Central and Kenyon Avenue when she was shot and that a gray SUV was seen fleeing the area. Police said they believed the homicide was domestic related and that there was no ongoing threat to the public announcing they had a person of interest in custody on Friday, WJAR reports. It was announced this weekend that Fernandez has since been charged with domestic murder, discharge of a firearm resulting in death, carrying a pistol without a license, large capacity feeding device prohibited, and domestic violation of a no-contact order, WJAR reports. He is set to be arraigned in Providence District Court at 9 a.m. Monday. Attorney information was not immediately available. Friends and family leaving flowers, candles, and balloons outside Jay Slade and Beat by Mag's studio in Pawtucket tell WJAR they are in disbelief that this happened. They say she, a mother of two, owned the hair braiding salon and was likely just finishing up work around 8 p.m. when she was tragically shot to death. Quote, it's unreal. I woke up to a nightmare. 
a friend who did not want to be identified, told WJAR. She was an ambassador to black culture, black hair, black excellence, and she was a powerhouse. Friends say that she helped pave the way for others to be able to open small businesses and that she mentored youth in the community. Well, bless. Pawtucket Mayor Don Grebian released a statement on social media mourning the loss of the young mother, entrepreneur, and beloved friend to many. Quote, Unfortunately, senseless acts of gun violence and domestic violence continue to impact cities across the nation. In our ongoing efforts to promote a safer community, we remain committed to enhancing education, awareness, and support that will lead to harm reduction and domestic violence prevention in our community, end quote. He also shared domestic violence resources that are available to the community, including the Blackstone Valley Advocacy Center and the Nonviolence Institute. This is Pawtucket's first homicide this year, but this happened when? Well, it was published on January 21st. I mean, 21 days in, you know. But anyway, that does definitely suck. And it's probably some crazed ex-husband or ex-boyfriend that just can't move on, which is horrific. So our next article comes from TheMirror.com, The Mirror US. And the title reads, Death Row Killer Who Survived, all caps, Execution, will become first put to death with nitrogen gas. And it says Kenneth Smith and another man were each paid $1,000 to kill Elizabeth Sennett in 1988 by her husband, Reverend Charles Sennett, who was in deep debt and wanted to collect on insurance. Wow. Wow. And a reverend. So just kill her? Okay. So America is to move forward with its first ever nitrogen gas execution as a U.S. inmate faces the death penalty for a second time. Barring a successful appeal, of course, murderer Kenneth Smith will be moved to Alabama's Holman Correctional Facility's death cell on Tuesday ahead of his killing on Thursday. It will be the second time the 58-year-old will have gone through the procedure after a previous bungled lethal injection failed to work. Speaking ahead of his execution, he said, quote, I'm, I am not ready for that. Not in no kind of way. I'm just not ready, brother. End quote. The convicted murderer has told how he has been left haunted by a recurring nightmare of being escorted back into the death chamber. He said, quote, all I had to do was walk into the room in the dream for it to be overwhelming. I was absolutely terrified. It kept coming up, Smith added. I dream that they're coming to get me, end quote. Okay, <clears throat> pardon me, sidebar. Did they actually kill this woman? Let's see. We're going back up here to kill. So I'm making an assumption that he successfully helped kill this woman. So if you're okay with killing people, but you're so terrified and just don't want to be put to death, and, and I'm not getting into like whether the death penalty should be legal or not or, you know, whatever. That's not this debate. The debate I'm saying is, is that you're going to sit there and be terrified to die to be put to death, and yet you could do that to that woman? Fuck you. You know what I'm saying? Like, eat a bag of... You know what's okay. Anyway, 
Alabama attempted to execute him in November of 2022 by lethal injection. He was strapped to the gurney in the execution chamber for nearly four hours, being prepared for lethal injection, but the state called it off when staff had difficulty connecting the second of the two required intravenous lines to his veins. He probably didn't drink any water. Uh, nitrogen hypoxia is authorized as a capital punishment method in Alabama, Mississippi, and Oklahoma. Still, it has never been used to put an inmate to death. The proposed execution method would use a gas mask placed over Smith's nose and mouth to replace breathable air with nitrogen, causing the inmate to die from lack of oxygen. Attorneys for the convicted murderer have argued the new execution method is unconstitutional and also cited religious concerns. His attorneys said the mask, which Alabama intends to place over his face before execution witnesses arrive, could interfere with his ability to pray aloud and make a final statement before his execution. I mean, he can pray with the mask on. So after Smith is strapped to the gurney, the state said in a court filing that it will place a NOISH approved type C full face piece supplied air respirator. That was all in quotes. A type of mask typically used in industrial settings to deliver life preserving oxygen over his face. The warden will then read the death warrant and ask Smith if he has any last words before activating the nitrogen hypoxia system from another room. The gas will be administered for at least 15 minutes or five minutes following a flatline indication on the EKG, whichever is longer, according to state protocol. Protocol. The Alabama Attorney General's office told a federal judge that the nitrogen gas would, quote, cause unconsciousness within seconds and cause death within minutes, end quote. So I guess that sounds pretty painless. I wonder if the murder that he executed was painless. On Friday, the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals heard differing descriptions of the humaneness and potential risks of the proposed method. The three judges on the panel asked questions about the proposed method, including claims that it could cause Smith to choke to death on his own vomit. Boo-hoo. They did not indicate when they would rule. A stay, meaning you know, at least pausing the execution, would leave Alabama with a potential problem as U.S. prisons can no longer source the drugs used for lethal injections after the makers banned their use for executions. It is why many states have been left seeking alternative methods with some even considering firing squads. Prosecutors said Smith and another man were each paid $1,000 to kill Elizabeth Sennett in 1988 by her husband, again, Reverend Charles Sennett, who was in deep debt and wanted to collect on insurance. He killed himself a week after his wife's death, so they did successfully kill her, when the murder investigation started to focus on him as a suspect. John Forrest Parker, the other man convicted in the killing, was executed in 2010. Smith was sentenced to death by a judge in 96, despite a jury voting 11 to 1 to recommend that he receive life imprisonment. I mean, if the nitrogen gas is just going to make him go to sleep and then he'll die, it sounds pretty freaking humane to me. I don't know. I don't like to talk about death penalty 
type of debates and stuff. I don't know. But I mean, if it's, if it's painless and it's swift, it's whatever. So our next one, kind of an interesting format, actually comes from Reddit. It's uh, from the r slash true crime discussion. But this was sent to me. I did not read it. So we'll, we'll give this a try. It's not really a news outlet per se. But it, you know, the title at least sounded like it was kind of newsworthy. So we're going to give it a try. And I didn't read again, but I kind of scrolled. It's a little long, but we're going to do it. So this one, again, came from Reddit. And it says the gruesome murder of Catherine Janice and her dog Bowie. And it says, warning, graphic content. It's be almost two and a half years since Catherine Janice was brutally murdered alongside her dog Bowie in Atlantis Piedmont Park in the early morning hours of Wednesday, July 28th, 2021. Considering the disturbing details of the case, I'm surprised it isn't talked about more on this sub. I find myself searching for an update on this case weekly, but APD have been very quiet. The FBI has been involved since day one. I recently read a statement made by Catherine's mom that Catherine was actually set to fly to Michigan the following day to visit her, whom she hadn't seen since COVID restrictions took place in March of 2020. Catherine was very close with her mom and had been looking forward to this trip. It really has me thinking about the timing, impossible familiarity she may have had with her killer. Did the killer know this information and decided to act knowingly? They might not have the opportunity to do so for a while. Interesting. Will this case ever be solved? Do we think they have DNA from the perpetrator? When will Catherine and her dog Bowie get justice? And putting the dog in is big. My heart breaks for her family and friends. Let's keep this case in the public eye. Quote, a chilling new autopsy report reveals that the Atlanta woman killed while walking her dog this summer was stabbed 50 times, including, whoa, 15 times in the face and had the letters F, A, and T carved into her chest. So fat. Someone murdered her with absolute rage 15 times in the face and then carved fat into her. I just do not understand all of the hate and like carving fat into her. Like there are so many worse things to be than overweight, like a freaking psychotic murderer. Am I right? I digress. So Katie Janice, 40, was killed on July 28, 2021, while walking her dog Bowie in Piedmont Park in Atlanta, according to the Atlanta Police Department. Officers responded to reports of the stabbing at about 1.10 a.m. after Janice's longtime partner, Emma Clark, discovered her body at the entrance of the public park, ABC News, and 11 Alive report. I think I might remember this. Janice was last seen on surveillance footage walking Bowie near the Rainbow Crosswalk at 10th Street and Piedmont Avenue. Clark went looking for her when she failed to come home. Oh no, so Clark found Janice, who was pronounced dead at the scene, which authorities described as, quote, gruesome, according to Eleven Live. Well, no shit. Uh, Bowie was also killed. Why kill the dog? I don't know. No suspect has been identified in the stabbing. Quote, what would be the motive behind doing something like this? Local resident Jennifer Natt asked in an interview with WXIA-TV. 
According to the 11-page medical examiner's report obtained by People, Janice was stabbed 50 times and mutilated in the attack. She was stabbed in the throat and at least 15 times in the face, including her eyebrows, eyelids, nose, and lips. She was stabbed in each breast and in the back, which damaged her aorta and left lung. The letters F, A, and T were carved into her chest. Janice's loved ones are reeling from the brutality of the slaying. Quote, what I found so heartbreaking and disturbing is to know what the final moments of her life was after reading that, Clark's father, Joe Clark, told Eleven Alive. It's undoubtedly a very angry, disturbed person. It's the only thing I can think of to do so much damage to someone, he said, adding that he believes more than one person killed Janice. Quote, I don't see how one person could have inflicted that much damage on someone, he told Eleven Alive. So side note, sidebar, is that it kind of depends on which wound came first. I mean, if they shanked her in the back, which got her aorta in her left lung, she would have went down pretty quick. So, I mean, I don't mean to sound insensitive. That's the neurodivergency. But, you know, then one person could have done it. But anyway... In a GoFundMe page set up to help with expenses, Clark called Janice the love of my life. Oh, bless. She added, Janice was the most intelligent, kind, humble, and beautiful person I have ever known. I wanted to spend every second with her, end quote. That breaks my heart. Their dog, Bowie, was the sweetest, most loyal companion. My heart is so very broken. My world will never be the same, Clark wrote. Clark's father told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, quote, they would have been together forever. They were that couple. So the FBI is assisting with the case. Anyone with information is asked to call the Atlanta Police Department Homicide Unit at, so if you know anything, write this down, 404-546-4235. So I'm looking at a picture of her. Gorgeous girl and their dog looks like a pit bull or a pit bull mix, brown with a little white muzzle. And that's just sad. I hope they catch whoever did it because whoever did it, wow, that is a lot of rage, especially to the face. Wow. Our next article comes from people.com and the title reads, Girl 11 allegedly endured more than 700 acts of abuse was punished for how she ate cereal, according to prosecutors. Not your pop-ups, people. Arabella McCormick, 11, weighed 48 pounds when she died in 2022. So the adoptive mother and grandparents of 11-year-old California girl Arabella McCormick have been accused of torturing and starving her to death in new charges filed by prosecutors, according to reports. Prosecutors allege in charges filed on January 16th that Letitia McCormick, oh, that name Letitia, 49, and parents Stanley, 77, and Adela Tom, 72, quote, worked as a team to carry out more than 700 acts of abuse on Arabella that led to her death from malnutrition in August of 2022. She weighed just 48 pounds when she died, the prosecutors said. So in an updated criminal complaint obtained by the San Diego Union Tribune 
NBC San Diego, and CBS 8, prosecutors accused the trio of punishing Arabella for how she ate her cereal, depriving her and other children in the home of food and water and striking them with a belt or paddle at home. Boy, I remember that belt. Ooh. Letitia was a leader at Rock Churn in San Diego, the megachurch founded and led by former NFL player Miles McPherson. So Letitia was a leader at a, at a church. Her leadership profile has since been removed from the church's website, and the church told NBC San Diego in 2022 that it was severing ties with her. And then right here in the middle of the article, there's a picture of this little girl. And she is dressed as Belle from Beauty and the Beast, Disney. She's got that little yellow dress on and she's got a crown on. It's gold with like little red uh, gemstones. Her hair is curled into ringlets, perfect little bangs, just gorgeous. This little girl, absolutely gorgeous. It was also alleged by prosecutors that Arabella was prevented from bathroom visits and forced to exercise wearing wet clothes and plastic bags in the weeks leading up to her death, the outlets reported. Prosecutors believed the alleged abuse started in February of 2019 and continued up until the day she died. All three suspects are each charged with murder, conspiracy to commit child torture, child abuse, and torture. If convicted of all of the charges, they could face up to 46 years to life in prison. I say put that mask on them and let them breathe a little bit of nitrogen. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. Adela's murder charge, along with the charges of conspiracy to commit child torture against all three defendants, were filed last week. It is not clear if those defendants have entered pleas to the charges filed last week. The defendants have pleaded not guilty to other charges, the Union Tribune reports. People was not immediately able to reach lawyers for them. The three defendants will return for a status hearing in court on January 30th, the Union Tribune reported. The San Diego District Attorney's Office did not immediately respond to people's request for further comment. In late August of 2022, police responded to a call from a distressed child at a Spring Valley home where they found Arabella, a statement to police, no, a statement to people, by the San Diego Sheriff's Office said at the time. The 11-year-old died shortly after being rushed to the hospital. So Arabella had, quote, severe levels of malnourishment and was covered in bruises at the time of death, a police spokesperson told the Union Tribune in 2022. She was adopted along with three girls a couple of years after moving in with Letitia in 2017, according to family and friends. Arabella's father, Brian McCormick, who would have also faced charges, died by suicide near the family's home in front of officers in 2022, according to the police statement at the time. And that's the end of the article. I will never understand harming children. I just, I just do not. It just makes me ill. Moving on. So the next article comes from abcnews.go.com title reads, husband allegedly fatally shoots wife and three daughters and a son witnesses the attack, say officials. The three daughters were all in their 20s. The surviving son is 19 years old. Okay. 
So a man allegedly shot and killed his wife and their three daughters in a domestic violence incident at their suburban Illinois home, but spared his 19-year-old son who witnessed the slayings, according to authorities. Mayor Kasim allegedly shot his wife and three daughters, quote, during a verbal argument at their home in Tenley Park around 11.30 a.m., Sunday, according to police in Tinley Park, or about 30 miles south of Chicago. So, Kasim's 19-year-old son was home during the mass shooting and was not shot, according to the detention proffer. proffer. The 19-year-old heard arguing in the basement between his dad, mom, and older sisters, and then heard gunshots, according to the detention proffer. He then heard the arguing turn into screaming, the document said. The teen went to the basement and found his mom on the floor and saw two of his sisters, who appeared to be shot, the document said. The teenager then witnessed his dad shoot his third sister and shoot his mom. The wife, Majida, Majeda Kasim, 53, was shot seven times, and the daughters, Halima, 25, Hanan, 24, and Zahia, 25, were also shot multiple times. Shortly after the shooting, Mayor Kasim called police and reported that his wife had been shot, the detention proffer said. A responding officer asked him who else was there, and the defendant stated they're gone. Everything is okay, according to the detention proffer. So weird, they're using the word proffer. Mayor Kasim allegedly said there were four people shot and, quote, I'm going to jail. When an officer asked him what this was you, he allegedly nodded his head in the affirmative. The four innocent women who all lived in the home were killed in a senseless act of domestic violence, Tinley Park Mayor Michael Glotz said at a news conference on Monday. So Mayor was heard on police video saying, quote, I worked all my life to give my family a better home and they treat me like shit. They treat me like a dog, according to the detention proffer. He also allegedly said his, quote, wife's worried about money and where she can take it, according to the document. What? Mayor Kasim, 63, was taken into custody and charged with four counts of first-degree murder. Tinley Park Village manager Pat Carr said the shooting was an isolated incident and described it as a traumatic scene for everybody involved. Quote, this is about family violence and the power of one person over other family members, said Aitidol Shalabi, the co-founder and executive director at Arab American Family Services. Police recovered a 38 caliber revolver and a 9mm semi-automatic pistol, according to the detention proffer. Tinley Park Police Chief Tom Tilton said police had no prior interaction with the victim's house. So that's the end of that article. So why did he only kill the women and spare his son? I'm quite sure that he knew his son was home. So why not kill the son, just, just, the, just the women? Is it because they wouldn't cover their entire face except their eyes? I'm, I'm not going to have that argument either. Not going there. <sighs> okay, so our next article comes from people.com. Title reads, deputies were serving eviction notice when they found mom had killed husband, two kids, then herself in a murder-suicide. Police say Andrea Alarcon, Alarcon, 
fatally shot her husband, Reuben, their daughters, Scarlet, nine, and Emma, six, before fatally shooting herself. So a New Jersey community is reeling after authorities say a 42-year-old mother of two fatally shot her husband and children before shooting herself in a murder-suicide. Union County Sheriff's Department officers found Andrea and her husband, Reuben, who was 51, and their two daughters in their Union, New Jersey home on Wednesday, the Union County Prosecutor's Office said in a press statement last week. Authorities have not named the daughters, but they have been identified as Scarlet 9 and Emma 6 in an online obituary. Investigators found the murder weapon next to Andrea's body and determined that she fatally shot her husband and children before dying in a self-inflicted shooting, according to the press release. The home where the bodies were found was owned by the family before it was foreclosed on by the bank, NJ.com reported, which would be New Jersey, but NJ.com. It was sold in a sheriff's sale for $332,000 on October 31st, the outlet reported. The family had 60 days to vacate, NBC New York reported. They had lived in the home for 15 years, a neighbor told the outlet. The family had not been seen in their home recently, the neighbor said, and one neighbor said they were not aware there were even children living in the home. Quote, in tragedies of this magnitude, there are no words that can heal, nor explanations that can serve to make sense of them to the public. Union County Prosecutor William A. Daniels said in the press statement, extending his condolences to the family and friends of the victims as well as the local community. A tribute fund set up in the family's honor raised more than $15,000 in less than a week. Quote, our hearts are grieving with the family, the Alarcon family, friends, and community for the tragic loss of this beautiful family, one donor wrote on the tribute page. Quote, may you all rest in peace knowing that you were loved and that you all have touched the lives of so many people, even ones who never had the privilege of knowing you personally, wrote another offer. Police have not revealed a possible motive behind the crime. So I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb here. Maybe it's a stretch, right, guys? Just walk with me here. Perhaps it's because of the foreclosure and losing their home. You know what I'm saying? In this economy, in this political environment, in this country is absolute, complete nonsense and bullshit. People cannot even hardly afford to buy groceries. It is ridiculous. But... You know, having your house foreclosed on and having to move and so on and so forth would be humiliating. Absolutely. I mean, that kind of loss is devastating. But, you know, there's a lot of people going through that. And so I don't know if she was severely depressed. I don't know what's going on. But that's, again, why are we murdering children? I mean, she shouldn't murder her husband. Duh. Like, leave the kids with the grandparents? I don't know. I don't know. And then we have one more article. Now, you guys sent me more than that, so uh, time permitting, I'm going to make another one on Friday like I usually do. But this one's going to be the last one for today. And it comes from People.com, and the title reads, Google software engineer was, quote, spattered in blood after allegedly beating wife to death, according to police. Lyron or Liren Chen is charged with murder after his wife's body was found with blunt force trauma. 
Chen's hand was, quote, extremely swollen and purple, police say. So when police arrived to Chen's Santa Clara, California home, they allegedly discovered the Google software engineer with a swollen hand and, quote, spattered in blood, authorities say. They then found the lifeless body of his wife nearby. Police were called to the home for a welfare check after a friend was unable to reach Chen, the Santa Clara County District Attorney's Office said. Although Chen allegedly wouldn't answer his phone or the door of his home, the friend did see Chen, quote, motionless on his knees, had his hands in the air, and was staring blankly per the DA's office. So once authorities entered the home, they allegedly saw Chen's right hand was extremely swollen and purple and located his deceased wife in the residence with blunt force trauma to her head. The DA's office also noted that Chen allegedly had blood on his clothing, legs, arms, and hands, and scratches on his arm. Chen was arrested and charged with murder in connection to his wife's death. He has since been hospitalized. The San Francisco Standard, Fox News, and the Hindustan Times identified Chen's wife as, I'm not going to butcher that, last name or middle name, Yu. According to Yu's LinkedIn profile, which now reads, In Remembrance, she was a software engineer at Google for the last two years and eight months. She received her bachelor's degree from a university in Beijing and master's degree from UC San Diego. According to Chen's LinkedIn profile, he was also a software engineer at Google who attended that same university and UC San Diego. According to property records cited by the Hindustan Times, the couple purchased the home where Yu was killed in April of 2023. It is unclear if Chen has retained an attorney to speak on his behalf. In a statement to People, Bailey Thompson, a Google spokesperson, said, quote, We are shocked and deeply saddened by what has happened to her. Our thoughts are with her family at this time, and we're working to provide support to them and to co-workers who are processing this tragic news. And that's the end of the article. I wonder why he did it. Why? Why, why, why? It's why I do this, because I want to know why, you know? So that's it for now. But again, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine more. So I'll probably go ahead and throw in a Friday morning murder in the news to do the rest of these because I'm just so happy that I got so many articles from you guys and I don't want to miss any of them. Also, to my international listeners, please feel free to send me your articles as well. Um, If they can be translated into English, that would be great. But if not, I can try to use Google Translate. But regardless, I want to also share world news, not just the U.S., because we all know that fucked up shit is going on all around the world, although the United States is quite the bit of a drama queen these days, might I say. So with that said, I want everyone to have a good week, okay? A lot of people have a lot going on. I know that there are some people in the Serial Killing, a podcast fan page on Facebook that was created by Doc, who I interviewed for the Mommy Issues episode between Edmund Kemper and Gary Ridgway. Um, He created that for, for our community, which is great. But I've seen a lot of people 
talking about dealing with a lot of things. And, and I see things on Instagram. I see you guys and you're struggling. We all are. So am I. We all have our demons. We all have our struggles. But it's okay. You know, there's, there's no shame in admitting that we're having a hard time. We are. And it sucks. But we'll get through it, you know. Remember that unspoken promise we all have with each other. You just got to hang in there, you know. It, it will get better at some point. It has to, right? Um, you know, work your, just go to work, behave yourselves, try not to punch your boss in the face. Those of you who worked the weekend, as I always say, thank you so much for your time. The holiday seasons are over, which is hard for some and awesome for others. But the point is, is that now we just kind of have this dead calm until at least us in the Northern hemisphere, you know, spring starts and whatnot. I know that although I absolutely fucking hate heat and humidity, I do miss the sun and I do miss everything being green and lush. So that's where I'm at. But anyway, just hang in there. Stay with me. I love you guys so much. Have a good week. Bye.